live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on October 21st, 2015. That's right. How's everybody doing? This uh, this is a Thursday talk episode with Simon from Yonkers at S-M-A-R-Q-S on Twitter. Simon is a uh, gentleman I know on Twitter. He is hysterical. He moonlights as a stand-up comedian, and you can see why by listening to this podcast. We talked about a lot of things, including sports, uh, Twitter, movies, you know, things of that nature that go through all of our minds all the time. Uh, I want to thank him for coming on. It was a pleasure. And uh, without further ado, here is Simon from Yonkers. Okay. So as promised, here we have the incomparable, and I'm really excited to have him here because I, I'm excited to have every guest on the podcast, but Simon from Yonkers, is, he's a special breed. Uh, I think he transcends culture and time, genres. He, he's very diverse, and all this is bullshit, but I'm really happy to have him on. Simon from Yonkers, welcome to the Red Ticket Blues podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Now, of course, the name, Simon from Yonkers. You're from Yonkers, New York. Tell us, tell, uh, yes. tell us about Yonkers, because I've never had the pleasure of being there. Well, you kind of have, if you're uh, from some parts of Connecticut. It, it's not all that dissimilar. Uh, not a lot of happiness going on. A lot of uh, people upset, people frown. People. I actually saw an 85-year-old man, and I'm not even joking about this. A woman cut him off, and he unleashed obscenities that actually made me blush. And if you follow my Twitter account with any regularity, that, that's a hard thing to do. So, you know, even, even our older folks in their golden years, uh, they being in Yonkers, a lot of traffic, you know, but it's home. You know, it's a gutter, but it's my gutter, so. And, and Exactly. I, I know what you mean. Living in New Haven, I mean, there are nice parts there. But again, it's, it's, it's a gutter. It's my shithole. And uh, I can call it a shithole, but you can't. So back off. Oh, exactly. You know, if anybody comes at Yonkers, I will break up the nunchucks immediately. But, you know, it's my and, baby. So. And Simon was talking about his Twitter feed. You can follow him at S-M-A-R-Q-S Smarks. That is Simon from Yonkers. So Simon uh, does a lot of things. Uh, you know, he, what he does part-time also is he deals with stand-up comedy. Uh, I mean, people come up to me and they say, well, people don't come up to me. That's full of shit. People say to me on the Internet because people aren't just bum-rushing me on the streets yet. Uh, people <laughs> tell me, you know, doing that podcast, how do you do it by yourself? And sometimes I go, you know, I know it's tough, but at the same time, it's just me talking into a microphone. No, no one's there. There is nobody there. There's no reaction. I mean, you get assholes and people who, you know, maybe sometimes want to mess with you in the audience, you know, tell us a little about that, bro. Well, basically you said it, you're just by yourself with a microphone because you don't notice the assholes, you know, you're kind of not focusing your direction on anybody else. You're not looking at anybody. You're just doing your stick right into a microphone. And if it hits, it hits. And if it doesn't, you move on right to the next thing. And it's not, it's really not that much different from doing a podcast, I imagine. Same thing. You're hoping the jokes hit and you're looking straight ahead and hoping eyes aren't on you at the same time. <laughs> uh, have you bombed before? Oh, oh yes, I've bombed horribly. What? But you know what? At the end of the day, you think the material is funny, and as long as you trust it, it really doesn't matter. You don't care. And also, you get drunk as hell afterwards anyway, so it's like who gives a shit. You're never going to see these people again. <laughs> um, sometimes your bombs are awesome. Sometimes somebody will come and tell you on the back and say, wow, you're fucking bombed. You're really? Awesome. Yeah, no, but um, it's a hit and miss. It depends on who you're doing the material in front of. Uh, it's dependent on a few things, but 
at, at the end of the day, it, it's a hobby and it's fun. And as long as you understand that and treat it as such, yeah, it's no big deal. Uh, I'm sure you've kicked ass at times as well, correct? What's that? Sure, you've kicked ass on stage at times too, correct? Oh yes, oh yeah. When you and when you kick ass, imagine when you make a joke in the classroom when you're like in sixth grade and you just feel like the king. It's one of those drop the mic moments. It, it, it's magnified times ten when you're actually on stage. It, it feels pretty. You get high. Uh, I don't do drugs, but I imagine it's like doing a few lines of coke and uh, doing a little bit of heroin afterwards because that's what it feels like. You get a rush. So that's a hell of a night. That light, it's very cool. Uh, Bill Burr sometimes talks about that, where he just he tells he tells a joke and then has to just take it in sometimes because it's that fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, when you have something that just absolutely hits and you see smiles, you see laughter, you see it going on, you take a step back and you actually have to take a deep breath and go, "Wow, that hit! How do I follow that one up now?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do I do now? Um, exactly. we'll get back to comedy in a little bit. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about sports. I mean, cause that's, uh, how we quote unquote know each other from the internet, uh, with, uh, an unhealthy fixation probably of Mike Francesa and just, uh, I think it's completely healthy, but yes, continue. I'm glad you, you definitely don't have a, a doctor's license or anything like that to make that statement. Do you? <laughs> uh, well, I'm the official physician of Mongo nation as well. So yeah, <laughs> I check all trades. Oh, very good, very good. Where'd you graduate uh, I can't from with in, that? In the United States, only <laughs> um, let's see. So, but sports in general. I mean, we're both Yankee fans. Uh, I think we both looked at this year, or at least I can't speak for you. I think we looked at this year going in like it, we weren't going to have much of anything. I mean, the the win total was pretty low at Vegas, and then the fact that they actually made it to the playoffs to just lay a a real stinker against the Astros. Um, that's rough to deal with even though you weren't expecting anything. Now, you know what? Everything was dependent on them being healthy. And that was the whole, they could have won 73 games or they could have won 95. It was all about who was healthy. And not only that, it was guys that you didn't, even if healthy, you didn't expect them to produce the way they did. Nobody was expecting what they got out of Rodriguez. Mark Teixeira, who's made of glass, he went back to being made of glass again, which I'm, I'm sorry about because it was nice to see him healthy for five minutes. He had a great year. Yeah. Nate actually threw 160 innings. I mean, I think it went as reasonably well as you could have imagined. Plus, they integrated some of the kids with Bird and Severino, and even the guys who had a cup of coffee, like Heath Trot, Mason Williams. It, it It's a step forward in the right direction, but the problem is all these guys are under contract again next year, and you yeah. need to do the exact same thing. It's the same guys, one through nine, except second base. You will, you're probably going to see the ref smiter Ackley uh, combo with Daniel face. Also, actually, go out and give Daniel Murphy $90 million. Which, I could see yeah, the I, Yankees doing something that stupid. They usually make really dumb decisions with the pitching, but they've been known, been, been known to do it with position players as well. Yeah, I, I you know what? I think when you're just locked into so many guys at this point, it's nice to have flexibility somewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I would just keep second base as the black hole it is now <laughs> instead of throwing money at it. But, uh, you know, you I, you have to hope that they do what they did this year, and that's basically stay healthy, and the guys just don't age. You know, you got to hope A-Rod hits another 30 home runs. You have to hope to share is great on both sides of the ball, because as much as people are clamoring for Greg Bird, Greg Bird does not have the glove that Teixeira does. No. Greg Bird doesn't have the power that he has, especially against left-handers. You know, you, you do actually need this guy. That is your main player for next year. And you need McCann not to have a second-half slide or Gardner, you know, so... Uh, he's gonna be a lot of doing a lot of wishing and praying again next year, but 
if they can, and if it could actually get past the one-game wild card, which is an absolute joke of epic proportions. <laughs> you know, if they can make a run, who knows? This the only problem. Like uh, you mentioned, all these 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 players locked in this this geriatric crew that they have. Well, baseball speaking. But what are you, you going to do with Greg Bird? You're going to send that guy who hit you know double digit home runs to the minors? That's, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I know I'm asking you like you you know, but it's just I, I think people you know I'm the authority on this. Don't forget. So go, but, go for it. Go for it. You have the floor. Greg Bird is going to get that fast because A-Rod's going to get hurt eventually. I don't think his hips hold up through another full season. To share is to share. He'll spend a couple weeks on the DL. He's going to get at bats. How many? I don't know. He he'll probably get. 350, 400 plate appearances, which I think is a nice yeah. sample size to see what he really is. Because as much as I would like to put him in Monument Park after what he did in September, <laughs> you do have to see what he does with you know a, a decent size at bat. You know, but he's going to get at bats somewhere. Guys get injured; it happens all the time. He won't be buried in uh, spring. Yeah, no. So that's that's true. I mean, you know, I, I I don't know how positive I am about next year, but I can't be that negative. I mean, this team exceeded expectations, and uh, yeah, yeah. sure you can. I, I I don't like fake positivity. I, I'm just I'm spoonful of reality. They're probably going to crash and burn next year. <laughs> <laughs> be in the fucking cellar. Pitching staff is an abomination. Yeah, I mean, Matthew's knee won't hold up. Pineda's shoulder is going to look like spaghetti. It's uh, and Nova just had elbow surgery yesterday. Ivan Nova isn't good anymore. Like, uh, and and Tanaka actually had surgery uh, today or yesterday, but it was about it wasn't the surgery that all the mongoloids on WFAN were calling for with the UCL. It was actually some bone spur thing. So I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I, any time somebody goes under the knife, it's bad. But uh, I'm surprised we didn't get more calls into Francesca about hey, you should have had the surgery earlier this year about the bone spurs. Yeah, I. I <laughs> I know they're all about that UCL tear. They wanted they wanted to make him. They wanted to bring him, drive him physically into the hospital, and, and you know perform the surgery themselves. Who they probably think they're qualified as well. Um, I know. But look, uh, the, the magic you could do with a phone line in your one bedroom apartment. You know, you become a doctor all of a sudden. You know about elbows. It's it's it, it is truly amazing what some of these guys are capable of, and it, it's also scary too when they when they call up the the host of a radio station for for infinite knowledge to be like, hey, uh, you know, Mike, you know, you think this team can make the playoffs? No. Why not? Like like Mike makes the rules. <laughs> The last thing you should ever do is call a Francesa and ask him a question because not only will he blow the eight on his soapbox, but he will prove you wrong and you'll never want to crawl out of a hole again. <laughs> no, it's it's a deep hole. I've been there. It's it's a deep hole. Uh, you and me both. It's I, I've had to psychologically recover by taking a day off from work. Moving on from the Yankees, the, the big story, obviously, in New York is the Mets. And we're recording this on Wednesday uh, night. So that's exactly what I wanted to get into, where allegiance, allegiances should lie. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so it's maybe by the time you listen to this, they may actually already be in the World Series. Um, but here's, here's the thing. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, do you want to root against as, as as a Yankee fan? Do you want to root against the Mets? Do you want to root for the Mets? Where where does Simon from Yonkers stand on this? I will tell you this: I'm actually rooting for the Mets in the NLCS because I think the Cubs curse is the most hilarious thing on the face of the earth. I think it's great. 107 years. I mean, just by sheer luck, you can't even 
imagine, even by two standard deviations, if you go back to your uh, college math classes, they should have won a championship by now. They haven't. They haven't even made the series since 45. I think it's great. I want that curse to go on forever. I want to stretch over 500 years against different <laughs> empires. I want us to be playing space baseball on Mars, and I still haven't won a World Series. I think it's great. So that's why I'm rooting for the Mets um, to get to the World Series. Now, as far as the World Series itself, you can't root for them because then the Mets fans, the same people who've been on a ledge for the past decade crying into WFAN every day, are going to puff out their chests, which they should. You want a championship. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with them being happy, but not at my expense, okay? You can only be happy as long as the Yankees are doing well. Now the Yankees are out of camp in the World Series. I'm a Jets fan who lived through two Giants titles at the town, and it is miserable. It is unbearable. It, it'll never end. It's not just this year. They'll talk about it next year. They'll talk about it 10 years from now. No. Just, I, I want to sleep and have a peaceful winter. Go KC or not, not Toronto. I'd actually rather have the Mets beat Toronto to be honest with you. But yeah. as long as it's KC versus the Mets, go Royals. Yeah, I I have I, I at first I, I honestly inning by inning I would go back and forth and say all right Mets and then I'm like why do I want them to win I don't want to listen to their fans I don't want to listen to the bullshit because I know what it's like living in Connecticut where you have a I mean the Red Sox obviously are much more of a rival than the Mets are to the Yankees but it's almost like when that team does good it's like a demerit to the Yankees even though they're not even fucking involved uh, I mean well, I the problem is that everybody compares them against them and it's like hey, little brother one who cares I I you know you won that's great congratulations. But it's it, it just what you said. It becomes a demerit against the Yankees. And that's the bad thing about living in a town that has two teams to every sport. You can't just enjoy your team or you can't just worry about your team. You always have to worry about the opponent and what they're going to say. And, and it's like the worst thing ever. I, I'm going to the Rangers playoff last year. You know, it wasn't a hard, it's, hockey isn't enough of a heart attack during the playoffs. That then I have to flip over to the Islanders and make sure they lose just so their fans don't get on their little soapbox that they haven't stood on in 30 years until I Sunday want a cup. Just say, oh, we actually advanced past the first round of the playoffs, you know, so. I, I mean, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I'm like, you, I'm a little more in Connecticut. I'm a little more north towards in, in New England. I mean, I'm watching so many Red Sox games just so I'm informed of what's going on. Not that I'm even that interested in the Red Sox. I mean, a lot of the guys I don't even like on the team. I dislike them, but I'm watching them just so I know what's going on. So when they do say something, I'm ready with ammo just to – because they're going to throw it back at you. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been in Boston bars in January, and for whatever reason, a chant of Yankees sucks rings out. Like, why? Are you that obsessed? Inferiority complex. It's, it seriously is. It seriously is. So I Actually, I, I, the last time I was in Boston, I, or one of the times I was there, uh, I was 16 years old, and I had just gotten um, a new Johnny Damon shirt. This was right after, like a week after I had signed with the Yankees. And I'm walking down the street back to my hotel, and uh, two guys who both look like Cliff, Cliff Clavin, I don't know how they could look any more like him, like they were John Rappenberger himself. They scream <laughs> out of a car window, Fucking cocksucker! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty humbling moment. I was like, wow. He's 16 years old. That's Nation. <laughs> Those are grown men. Um, Those are grown men. I got a child. <laughs> from a moving car. <laughs> like, they couldn't just go. They just couldn't keep driving. They had to yell at this child. And then when they probably got back in the car, it's like, eh, I fucking told him. Did you see that? You see how I yelled at that son <laughs> of a bitch? 
I'm sure they still slap their leg about it to this day. <laughs> hey, remember the time we got that kid who was walking back to the hotel? Uh, showed him a thing or two. Um, but it's, you bring up a good point, though. I do like that because I, I – going back and forth, inning by inning, don't know who to root for. Mets, yes, no, yes, no. But that is a – I like your, your mantra because there have been people – there have been articles written by some people like uh, Mark Mongo uh, talking about uh, – on GothamSN.com uh, about how it's okay for Yankees fans to root for the Mets. And, I think it's completely fine. It's yeah, fine. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to do it either. No, you can root for the Mets. That's fine. I have no problem. I'm rooting for them as we speak, just not you know in a couple of days or so. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you mentioned you're a Jets fan. Uh, right now they're four. Yes. They're four and one. Uh, Somebody crosses the bear in this life, Brian. Well. Yeah, I, it's it's at least you're you're a Yankee fan and not a Mets fan though. I mean, you you have seen. I, I have to be a Yankee fan because I've had to be a Jets, Knicks, Rangers fan with. Mets as the final team. That's an odd yeah, combo. Uh, that's an odd combo, the Yankees and Jets. Usually it's Yankees-Giants. Um, you know, I think it's like more for the older crowd because they used to go to like the same stadium, uh, both teams, you know, Jets right. and Mets, Yankees. But I think for the newer generation, it doesn't really matter either way. Okay. I was just wondering if it was some sort of uh, – relative that didn't like you that uh forced this yeah. like, on you, like <laughs> well here's the sad part nobody in my family even really watched football i come from like a lineage of yankee fans okay. nobody even watched football in the family and i somehow picked the stupid jets because i like the color green thanks yeah you're regretting that one today aren't you and everything. oh man i'm kermit sipping the tea right now Jeez. So, so do you man that's a meme i haven't seen in a while that's kind of been put in the back burner for the the crying jordan um, I know. Now, uh, Crying Jordan is what all the kids are doing now. I don't know. Actually, I learned about a new um, Drake meme today. Uh, he put oh. out a music video where he's dancing. I didn't. I have to catch up on that because I'm going to fall behind and then I'm going to look a loser on Twitter, and it, we can't have that. So if you're if you're a loser on Twitter, it's uh, it's 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 rough to come back from. Yeah, I know. If you miss these memes, if you put up if you're putting up the Kermit meme now, I mean, you might as well delete the account. You might as well go back to MySpace. I just what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> MySpace and just just sign up for AOL. You know, I mean, just start talking with people on Instant Messenger. Just call it a day. All right, there we go. Bunch of numbers after the. After, I was going to say the ad handle. I'll tell you what it was called. So it's your screen name. Yeah, tons of uh, those. I love the quotes and all the little girl, not little girls. Let's let's, let's let's not get too weird on the podcast. But uh, when you're younger and uh, <laughs> all the, I remember girls in like middle school and everything would have their these these totally sappy, disgusting quotes in their profile. Like, you know, live like you've never been hurt and, and dance like no one said. Those, that, those, those were copious and just out of control. Uh, uh, those little girls that did that on AOL Messenger grew up to have Twitter accounts where they just retweet relationship <laughs> quotes all day long and add nothing of substance otherwise. That is a absolutely perfect point. Um, so Jets, do, what do you think about the Jets this year? Do you think they're going anywhere? Do you think this is just a uh, smoke and mirrors to begin with? Or do you think that there is an actual possibility of a wild card? Or maybe, you know, they play the Patriots this weekend, maybe, maybe even trying to take over this division. Ooh, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> they have surprised me. Um, they have come in with an easy schedule. I mean, you know, not world beaters by any means, but you play your schedule as the cliche goes. And okay. they have a top-notch front seven. Uh, they just got Richardson back, who's going to be fresh after, you know, uh, driving around with a 12-year-old swimming 100 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> I, hope his leg's okay from, I hope his leg's okay from going down on the gas pedal that whole time to go 120 miles an hour. Yeah, I know. I mean, who hasn't gone 120 with a child and a pile of guns in the car? Automatic weapons, marijuana, yeah. Oh. yeah boys, boys will be boys. Um <laughs> But the, the defense looks really good. Um, their secondary is top-notch. Um, very comfortable with Revis. And even Cromartie, who 
could only commit pass interference and hope to get away with it. But still, that's effective when he does. And everything else except quarterback is fine on the Jets. But that's ah, not Fitzy, the man. Fitzy, he's looking great. All it's pro. Magic. It's it. You know what the problem is? It's a sick joke. They literally have every other part of the team. Uh, you look at your receivers, you finally have a monster in Brandon Marshall. You have a competent number two with Eric Decker. You have Chris Ivory, who is actually, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the, in the NFL. And, and had about a, a point. 150 yards or so last week. Some some crazy number. Yes, yes. And if you watch him, he's a bruiser. He does not go down after the first hit. He's very much a get-the-last-inch guy, you know, which is huge on third down, short yard situations. They have everything except a quarterback, and that's the tragedy of the Jets because this is a quarterback league, and they just don't have it. I think with the rest of their schedule, they they would have to go six and five to reach a ten and six record, and I think that's very much within reach. They they will not take over the division. They can grab a wild card spot, and you see the randomness of the NFL playoffs. They could grab a wild card game. They could win a playoff game this year. Uh, very talented group. They just needed a quarterback. Couldn't get it. Geno Smith's not going to be the answer either. So, um, it's, it's 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 fun to watch for this year. It's fun to see them do well. But as a Jets fan, you kind of know it's going nowhere at the same time. So, yeah. so positive, so positive. Um, yeah. You give all these positive uh, things, and then you're just like, yeah, it's yeah, they're pretty much going nowhere. That's that's yeah. <laughs> you just have to come to grips with it. Fool me ten times. Shame on me. <laughs> um, I don't know much about hockey. I'm sure you're excited about hockey season and the Knicks. Uh, you're a Knicks fan, like you said. I, I can't be that happy about what's going on there. I would I'm, I'm wearing the John Stark shirt as, as we speak. No, well, that's nice. That's that's Even good. He played 20 years ago, but uh, <laughs> he had that dunk. That was our first heartbreak as a child when he missed all those shots in Game 7. Oh, yes. I think it was 2 for 17, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I think Orlando Blackman's still sitting on the bench. I don't yeah. think he ever left MSG that night. Uh, let's let's jump into um, – we talked about your comedy before, and there, there must be influences. I mean, everyone has influences uh, just in their daily life, things they say, things they do, the way they act. And a lot of it comes from, you know, stand-up comedians or movies, and there's classics that I repeat the phrases to every day. It's Naked Gun, Airplane, uh, you know, even some underrated – some movies from the Fairley Brothers, underrated ones. I know we both love Kingpin. But yeah. uh, but there's a, there's sometimes a, a forgotten piece of cinematic history that I don't think is acknowledged. And to, I think to, I know where you're going with it. Oh, I think you do. Um, I thought it was just me and my brother that liked this movie. And then my wife mentioned, she, she said, well, what are you going to talk to Simon about? And I said, well, I'm going to talk about, you know, this movie. And she goes, oh, I like that movie. And I go, holy shit, there are more people out here. I want people to come clean and admit they love this movie. That movie, of course, being... Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, the 1991 classic starring Christina Applegate. Now, you and I, I think I think we've been following each other on Twitter for a few years, I guess, maybe. But I, I almost think that this may be the thing that actually made us contact, you know, communicate uh, this ridiculously great movie. Oh, it is the absolute best. Um, it's pure 80s cheese. And for all intents and purposes, 1991 is the 80s. And right, right. Because everybody was still wearing like like warmers and they looked horrible. <laughs> but uh, this movie was like from that classic era where like mom goes away and hijinks occur. And I think it's great that there's like a there's like five kids in the family. There's like no dad. They're poor. And the mom's like, okay, guys, fine. Go to Australia for two weeks. See, here's this old woman that you never met. And that's how the plot unfoils. I'm looking at the uh, I'm on IMDb right now, and I'm looking at like the like the movie poster. 
And on top of it, it, you know, it has the whole fucking gaggle of kids. And it then has the babysitter with the body in the ground with the legs up. And then on top of it said, it's Home Alone times five. That's how great the movie is. Uh, but if you did, I mean, at this point right now, Christina Applegate at this point, at the time when the movie came out, Christina Applegate, uh, I mean, she was she, she she was hotter than anything. I mean, she was like the hottest thing since like uh, Debbie Gibson or Betty White. Tiff- Betty White. Well, we'll get into her. Um <laughs> The hottest thing since like Debbie Gibson or Tiffany uh, coming off her success in in uh, Married with Children. Now, like you said, yeah. So the the mom runs away, not runs away. She goes on vacation. Christina Applegate's character Sue Ellen is like 18 years old, yet they still hire a a babysitter, which is completely absurd. And she's just a terrible, mean woman. And uh, I mean, she that's actually the brother was like 17, and and like two of the other kids were teenagers. You just have little Walter there. He was the only one who really needed a sitter, and exactly. considering none of them worked, I mean, they would have been fine. Yeah. Um, I did some research here, and uh, did you know that Mrs. – are you familiar with Ghostbusters? Uh, yes. So this is a very bit role, but remember when the, the monster goes to Rick Moranis' apartment, and he's in the hallway, and he goes – he sees him, then he closes the door. You probably don't remember this because I had to look all over to actually find this role. But Mrs. Sturak, the babysitter, is the neighbor that comes out and goes, ah, then goes back in the room. I bet you didn't know that, did you? That's my research. Yeah, you did not. See, this is why I got to listen to the Red Ticket Blues podcast. <laughs> you just learned so much with the Red Ticket Blues podcast. And it's, it's, it's just when you think I went over that whole movie with a fine-tooth comb to every detail. I didn't know that. So... Obviously. What's your favorite part of that movie, by the way? The favorite part, uh, I think, and it's pretty stupid, um, it's at the end when, you know, Sue Ellen, obviously, she just rises the ranks of this this marketing fashion company, knows nothing, and she's basically like the assistant to the CEO. It's truly amazing. And she has the fashion show at her house, and the evil people, David Duchovny and the other lady, go to park their car, and he's like... Hey, I forget the goddamn thing he says to him, but he says, "Hey, park this." And the uh, the, the the brother's friends say, "Park it yourself, Metallica breath." <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, that's 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 some good writing. That's some good joke telling. <laughs> that that's certainly right up there with uh, anything said in Casablanca, in my opinion. I think it's better than Shakespeare, but yeah, uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart, get the hell out of here. Uh, but don't tell mom the baby. I think personally my favorite. Uh, I, I got two favorites. Um, one is the whole plot with uh, the guy trying to bang a seventeen-year-old, which was oh, pretty prevalent in eighties movies. This is like so acceptable. It was like kind of feel you. This was like a bang. I don't, I don't know. Well, hold on, I gotta uh, stop you. You mean Gus the sleazebag? Oh, sleazebag Gus, who also doubled as the sleazebag boyfriend from Curly Sue. This guy really made his own doing that back in the eighties, early nineties. That was his thing. That was his character. We need Gus the sleazebag guy. Come on. I would call him that if I saw it. If I saw him in public and I went to go take a selfie with him. I'd be like, hey, Gus, please, Dad, come over here. Come on. Yeah, and what... uh, I got that. And I also like how um, Walter is able to order like this really 80s, 19, like 19 inch television that's actually a home entertainment system. It take it encompasses the whole living room, but the TV is minuscule, and absolutely nobody else knew about this. They like, like, what did he actually paid in cash for this? Is that even legal? I mean, like, you do that. <laughs> and there was no internet, so he actually called on the phone to do this 
So did someone not know that a child was ordering like a thousand dollars worth of entertainment? <laughs> what do you do? You just like took out a wad of bills and paid the guy? Like that's crazy. Like let's talk about how fucking rotten these kids are too. By the way, they steal from Sue Ellen how many times? One refuses to work and just smokes pot all day and grows it. The other one, you know, the and then the 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 other they steal from and like you said, Walter buys an entertainment center. The other one buys his friend or his girlfriend a diamond ring with the petty cash from Suella. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I did some research on that actor. He is no longer with us. Yes, yes, Zach. 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 Yes, yes. Accidental drug overdose, which it happens. Um where did I want to go from here? I mean, there's there's so many different ways to go with this. It, it, it's total 80s. Like you said, nine, it's 91. But it's total 80s, the fact that, you know, she becomes this high top CEO of this company. And then they decide that we're going to have the fashion show to save the company at this house. Now, in reality, it's a nice house, but they make it look like a dilapidated, like, flop house. Wait, and wait, wait. Are you forgetting the whole montage where they cleaned up the that house? That is where I'm going. Base? Come on, man. There's like a lot of hands to make that happen. They, Put the 80s music I, montage together, and poof, that place looked like an amazing house you'd sell for like $500,000. Not to mention the electric guitar ice sculpture that I'm sure cost a pretty penny. <laughs> I completely forgot. I just forget. That was so cool. And, and, how, and how awful was the clothing she made? That was terrible. It, 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 oh, it was abominable. I have no idea who who was wearing this. I don't. I mean, I wasn't alive then. I really don't know what was going on. But if that's what was going on, no wonder why the company went under. <laughs> um, that's probably also what happens when you give your when you give your employees a, a box of cash and and, <laughs> and let seventeen year olds you know running into the ground. Honestly, this this uh, podcast with Simon from Yonkers was so great that we had to put it in two separate episodes. I don't want to diminish the sound quality, so I wanted to keep it as, as high as I could. So we're going to make it two episodes to so make sure to download the next episode, part two, Simon from Yonkers.